Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Rant Show on AM 770 KTTH and 94.5 FM for our friends on the greater east side. Hunter Biden might be in trouble. And that is what's trending. What's trending? The Biden administration. You know what? They should have figured out the whole sweetheart deal thing a little bit more effectively. Because Hunter Biden is now expected to be indicted on a federal gun charge by the end of this month. This, according to special counsel David Weiss's team, this is what they told to the U.S. District Judge Marilyn Noreka. Now, she had set a Wednesday deadline to hear from both sides about how to move forward on the diversion agreement that would have allowed him to, Hunter Biden, to avoid jail time for a felony charge of lying on a federal form when purchasing that firearm in 2018. He, of course, lied about his drug use. You are asked when you fill out that form, all of us get asked this question, whether or not you're addicted to any drugs. He very clearly was. He talked about it in his book. So he very clearly and obviously lied. Now, if that happens to anybody else who doesn't have the last name Biden or doesn't come from some super privileged elite class, you end up getting in trouble and you spend some time in jail. Maybe a little bit less so now. There are some circumstances that might keep you out of jail. But that's the reality. For him, he might have to be made a point out of. They're going to use him to just, if I was David Weiss, say, hey, see, I told you I am not someone who gives out sweetheart deals. And I wasn't influenced by the fact that the whistleblowers finally came forward and were able to talk on the record and actually made very valid points about how I've been mishandling this case from the beginning almost intentionally because I'm in the bag for our friend Joe Biden. But, right, if he wants to make a point that he's not that guy, he could go harsh on Hunter or the opposite, which is, yeah, I'll just give you, yeah, we're going to indict, but don't worry, we'll plead down. That's likely what's going to happen. And again, in fairness, I don't know if the if I would say, based upon an average person, this is the only context we have. They lied on this uh, sheet. They're addicted to weed, or they were at the time. I don't want to put that person in jail. Like, I mean, I lied on my form. I'm kidding, but I mean, I, I don't. I don't think that that should be punished punishable by like throw him in the pokey for ten years. No, we can relax. And I don't hold that view of Hunter Biden. Problem I have is that when Hunter Biden is very clearly getting a better deal than everybody else, that's where the issue is. And this is clear corruption. Sorry, it is. Now, part of this was created, the mess that has become, part of this is on him, right? They were expected to plead guilty in July to two misdemeanor tax counts, not even on the gun thing. And that whole issue blew up because they were expecting that this would cover this deal that they were making would cover everything, meaning, yeah, we'll plead on this, but this means you're not going to charge us on anything else, right? The investigation is over. And my guess was that David Weiss, the U.S. attorney, was willing to go along with that. But the judge, thank God, was paying attention and isn't someone who is in on this. I don't think she's trying to make a point by, you know, being quote unquote harsh. Like, I don't think she's going out of her way to make an example out of Hunter Biden. I think she's just looking at the law, looking at the process and saying, I'm going to be fair and treat this person just like I would treat anybody else. 
which is exactly the way she's supposed to. That's how she's supposed to rule and judge. And she called the deal that was being put in front of her by the Department of Justice under Biden. She called it not standard and different from what I normally see. So David Weiss was in on this from the beginning. Will he react to the the brand that is now associated with him by trying to make a point, trying to make an example out of Hunter Brown? I don't know. But we do know that we're going to get this by the end of the month. I believe it was September. I think he has, I think the David Weiss portion of this, just due to the timing of when the the lie took place and the, the form uh, was submitted, I think he has until the 29th of this month to go ahead and indict. Otherwise, the, the clock has, has run out and he's indicated that he's going to pursue that before then. But again, the... the This is all going to be about the details of whatever that indictment comes up with and then the follow-up plea agreement. I I guarantee you. The timeline of that, I don't know. Although my sense is they're going to try to wrap this up relatively quickly because they can do this now and then be assured that the Trump legal saga and dramas will overshadow this. That's what I'm guessing they, they hope will occur. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending on the road? So King 5 featured a truck driver with a truly unfortunate last name complaining about an issue that is hitting truck drivers in the state of Washington. And it's an issue the state doesn't want to acknowledge. Because not only are all of us paying higher gas prices because of the Climate Commitment Act, because of the carbon tax, because of all of these eco policies and legislation that have been put on us. You've got truck drivers getting hit with an even larger bill because they're getting hit with a surcharge. Went to Oregon, came back up. I put 215 gallons in at 509 a gallon. Cost me $1,086. That is nuts. Now, obviously, the context is a little bit different. He's getting paid to drive, but the problem is because he's spending so much extra money, he had to raise his rates as an independent truck driver. If I don't, um, I'm eating all of that, and then um, I'm not making as much money, and eventually um, I go under. So his name is Brad DeCook, but it's not spelled that way. And I had to watch the clip on King 5 to make sure that I was saying his name correctly. Or if the correct way of saying his name is not something I'm comfortable saying on the radio. Just FYI. I feel like I needed to pay that that comment off when I said he had an uh, unfortunate last name. Now, he's charging more. He has to. Otherwise, he can't survive. And I think most of us understand just the, the basic economics of that. But this is also impacting farmers who might have to use this guy for truck uh, for freight it's also though impacting them because they have to pay higher costs for their fuel when they're fueling their own vehicles their own equipment in fact here's a farmer talking with king five those costs you know they just keep getting passed on to all of a sudden till the end of the line and unfortunately the farmer most of the times are the people at the end of the line He finds himself struggling when he shouldn't. 
Because what's the most maddening piece of this story is that ag, agriculture, is supposed to be exempt from the surcharge. The law says that. And yet somehow the Department of Ecology is charging anyway. The story doesn't explain why that is, but we do know that the Washington Trucking Association, the WTA, also known as what the ha? That's what it is. They haven't done one of those in a while. That yeah. was good. Well, was we good. haven't had one in a while. It's what the ha? Along with the State Farm Bureau, they're planning to sue. They're planning to take the Department of Ecology to court, and they're trying to get a declaratory judgment that says. Yeah, this is a violation of the law. They're not allowed to do this, and they have to stop with the surcharge. Now, if that's going to happen, hopefully it does. They're actually starting a like a GoFundMe version of a campaign to raise $50,000 to cover the legal costs because it's not like they're swimming in cash right now. They took a really significant hit. But let's just say a judge rules in their favor. I hope every single truck driver kept receipts. My guess is they do just for tax purposes. We should pay them back. The state should pay them back. The state is stealing from them. And it's wrong. And they're doing it right now because they can get away with it. Because there's no court that's telling them to stop. And they think that this is okay. That this is somehow a an ethical or a moral way to do business in the state of Washington. It's disgusting, right? It's just absolutely ludicrous that they're allowed to get away with something like this. And so I hope that a judge gets this and doesn't just rule in the favor of the truckers, but demands the state gives back whatever the surcharges that they've been spending, that they've been paying over the course of the last several months to, to I think, over a year. I hope they get it all back. This is absurd. And the people who are responsible at the Department of Ecology moving forward with this and not just coming out and saying they clearly aren't allowed to do this, I hope they lose their jobs. They won't. They won't. They'll probably get a pat on the back. Hey, we got in X amount of dollars extra this time because of your reluctance to follow the law. Good on you, sir. Good on you, ma'am. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? National. There's been an update in the health of Minority Leader McConnell. We'll talk a little bit about the implications here with our friend Lucas Tomlinson in uh, a couple minutes. But we now have a letter from the Capitol's attending physician. His name is Brian Monahan. And he put out a letter that said there's zero evidence that Mitch McConnell had a seizure disorder or has a seizure disorder or that he had a stroke that he has some kind of movement disorder like Parkinson's disease. This, of course, is coming up because we had the second incident of him freezing. And as I said at the time, it looked like he had just seen a ghost. He looked terrified. And it was one of those moments. It kind of reminded me, I can't remember the name of the movie, but there, there's sometimes there's these scenes, because I guess this is possible, that if you go under, if you're given anesthesia sometimes you're still alert and awake but you can't move because you're basically paralyzed from the medication and that just sounds like a horror story i mean oh my god because you might be feel like oh my god that's kind of how he looked hayden christensen he was in that movie find it out because now i want to go see it again i mean i can't go see it i'm gonna have to see if it's even available on netflix it probably isn't so he's out and he gives a statement all as well. But he doesn't tell us what 
is responsible for this. He just tells us in this letter what isn't responsible. And that is causing a lot of folks to just continue to speculate. They're just going to continue to speculate. And I understand why they would. This is not normal. It's not healthy. And I don't say that to be like mean spirited. Obviously, I support him. He's a Republican. I'm going to back Republican lawmakers who at least stick to our values and principles the vast majority of time. What's this called? 90 minutes in heaven? No, that's not what it is. Oh, oh my God. I'm involved How in a hard horrific car crash, pronounced dead, only no. to have come back to life no. an hour and a half later. Does that say anything about anesthesia? That's the entire movie. He's on the on his, on his uh, bed. Okay, I feel like this Hayden Christensen movie I came up with is pretty similar in concept. Does it he says die? Nothing. Does he die no, a lot? And no, it says nothing about anything that I said. It's in a hospital. Just Google Hayden Christensen movie anesthesia, and it'll pop up in two seconds. And now you took me off the how whole you, show. How do you spell anesthesia? Oh my God! It will autocorrect. A-N-A-N-A-N-Stesia. It's called Awake. Thank you. 2007. You get it? Because he was awake, not 50 minutes in heaven or whatever the heck that other movie was. (laughs) My God. What is wrong with you? Does that one sound a little bit more close to what I said? No. Does it? No, it doesn't. Awake. Awake. Me saying you're awake and alert during anesthesia. You couldn't put awake. Into the when you saw awake on the IMDb, you were like, "Oh, I guess he just he's, he the, likes coffee." It wasn't one of the top ten that popped up. It says a wealthy young man undergoing heart transplant surgery discovers the surgical team intends to murder him. Okay, oh my god, it's called awake. Yeah, it's called awake, and it takes place in a hospital. What'd you think it was about? I'm a surgeon, and I can't go to sleep because I've got so many surgeries. <laughs> Quick. Coffee stat. Can I get back to the show? If you would like. What was it called? <laughs> 90 Minutes in Heaven. Find out where it's where it's streaming. Awake, not the other one. Amazon 90 Prime. Minutes in Heaven. Isn't that like the name of a teenage... That's a seven minute. Is 90 minutes seven? would be a long time. Right? You're just going into a, a closet and making out. Was that ever a thing? Or was that just in TV I saw shows? it on an episode of King of the Hill. Yeah, no, That's about it. It's on TV and in movies. I has that ever been implemented at all in, at some like teen party or preteen whatever the Sounds like there's some bad connotations that would not hold up today with that game I'll be honest. You're supposed to go into the the thing and touch each other. According to King of the Hill, you're supposed to make out. I know that. And then Hank Hill walks in and yanks you away. I just rewatched and again we'll get back to the show, sorry. Um I rewatched the entire Every season, every episode of King of the Hill, I finally finished. Wow. Yeah. Well, how many I'm... seasons today? Is it like nine? Or is it more I think than it was that? 11 okay. or 12. It might have even been 13. I can't I actually remember. think it was like 13. The last season 13, was. 13, right? Yeah, it was fun. It just ended, by the way. They didn't even have an ending. It just ended. There was no finale. Like, I don't think well, they didn't knew. did Cotton Hill die? Wasn't that the finale? No, that was the episode before the finale. Uh, excuse me. But, yeah, but again, so he wasn't a main character. He was in the five episodes. Who, Cotton? Yeah, he was barely oh, in it. he was in more than five. He was in almost every episode. Are he was a great character. Are you out of your mind? First of all, I just watched every episode. He was not in almost every episode. Number two, you just screwed up Awake and 90 Minutes in Heaven or whatever. 
I'm not going to trust you on this. Okay? Okay. Okay. Now, you can go ahead and try to look up how many episodes he was on. Good luck. You couldn't figure out a wake, and I gave you all the details. You're not going to be able to figure this one out. Okay, back to, back to the topic. People are going to speculate about Mitch McConnell, and frankly, I can't blame them. Something is wrong. We have a right to know. This is a guy who's an incredibly important and powerful position that can impact every single one of our lives. Now, you would hope that there are other people around him that will help protect from going too far the same way they're trying this on the the left with Dianne Feinstein. And even though it's not an age thing, but it is a health thing with John Fetterman. At some point, we do have to have a serious conversation and then take some action on this. And I don't know what the answer is because, as I've said in the past, everyone ages differently. Someone who's 80 doesn't always act the same way as someone else who's 80. There's differences. But this is a problem that we have to figure out. And ultimately, maybe it's just up to the voters. And maybe all of these stories, whether it's Mitch McConnell, Diane Feinstein, or Joe Biden, Maybe all that these stories do is remind us during election season to pay attention to this and actually consider this when you're making a vote. Because I don't think many people consider this when making a vote. It might come up from time to time in a conversation. It's certainly when John McCain, for example, was running running for president. This came up. It was disingenuous. They were going after John McCain because they wanted to remind people that Sarah Palin could become president if he dies, and people didn't trust Sarah Palin. And the only difference between that and what's currently happening is I I think the attacks against John McCain's age were politically based, solely politically based. Our attacks on Joe Biden or criticisms, yeah, they're politically based. But it's also based in a reality that he is very old. He's acting his age. He's acting like there's something wrong. And Kamala Harris as president, oh, my God. I would rather have Cotton Hill. I'm showing voice actor credits in 163 episodes. How many characters does that voice? He plays Cotton and Con. Yeah, Con is in almost every single episode. Cotton is not. Okay, but he's still in more than five. I was being a little bit facetious. Should I spell that for you? Yeah, if you'd like. Spell Supa Nusimpone. Supa Nusimpone. That, by the way, played by a white guy, and you would not be able to get away with that anymore. Uh, very true. <laughs> Push the button. What's trending on social media? This story is tragic, and I guarantee you, though, there's something more to it. There's a 14-year-old boy in Massachusetts who took the one-chip challenge, and then he ended up dying. Now, it is a stupid TikTok challenge that ended up becoming an actual product. I just don't think the cause of death is what they think it is. So I don't know if anyone has seen the one chip challenge. It's literally one chip in a little cardboard box. I see it at 7-Eleven all the time. I'm assuming maybe it's at drugstores and whatnot. It is a stupidly hot potato chip or tortilla chip, whatever it is. It is just ridiculously hot. It's got peppers in there that have names that scare you. Carolina Reaper and the Naga Viper peppers. Like, that's going to freak you out. And they call it on the website a truly twisted experience. And they even say on their website, and, and they make it into a game, how long can you last before you spiral out? 
Now, the whole thing, it got picked up on TikTok. It might have even started originally on TikTok. But they're basically saying, how long can you go without taking any kind of liquid to alleviate the pain from the the pepper on the chip? And the longer you last, uh, the the higher the chances are of, you know, quote unquote, winning. And a bunch of kids do this from time to time, and then they post it on TikTok. In this case, the kid apparently ate the chip. He became sick, and this was at school. So he goes to the nurse's office. The nurse's office calls the parent. The mom comes to pick him up. But when she got there, he was all like, no, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling fine now. And they don't really say what he felt. They just felt, he said he felt sick. I'm assuming it was nausea of some kind. That's my guess. So he's feeling better. The day goes on. He goes to football practice, I believe. And it was around 4.30 that afternoon that he was found passed out. I think his brother found him, just passed out. So they take him to the hospital. At the hospital, they pronounced him dead. And this is a 14-year-old kid. Now, they're waiting on the results of the autopsy because the cause of death has not yet been confirmed. But the family is saying that it's due to the chip. And then the story gets into, frankly, why you shouldn't eat this chip and participate in this challenge. And it's not for kids, by the way. It says very clearly this is meant for an adult. I don't know if that matters. It's still gross and awful. But there's no way that this caused the death of a kid. Something else had to have been there. And I'm willing to bet we end up finding out that maybe this poor kid had some like heart condition he wasn't aware of. I, I, I won't dismiss the fact that maybe it exacerbated some underlying condition. I'm willing to bet there's an underlying condition. Otherwise, we would have way more of these stories of kids through college dying after eating this chip. And we're, thankfully, we're not seeing that. So I'm I'm a little dubious on the claim that the chip is responsible. 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages. You're listening to The Jason Rancho. The Jason Ranch Show. Here to react, Seattle Talk Radio host Jason Ranch. And the rise of soft on crime laws and policies have made it worse. Our man in the Pacific Northwest, Jason Rance, is on that. And you keep on bringing these extraordinary stories from Seattle. It's amazing. Long form. Lots of happenings in D.C. Bidenomics is supposed to help win a re-election for the president. You've got... The leader, Mitch McConnell, living some uh, health struggles, but we're supposed to pretend that there's absolutely nothing wrong. And then Donald Trump is still dealing, of course, with all of the drama out of Georgia and some of his potential co-defendants not really having a easy time here. Joining me on the line to suss all of this out is our friend Lucas Tomlinson from Fox News. Welcome back to the show. Jason, always a pleasure. Great to be back with you. There's just so much to talk about. I figured we'll talk first about Bidenomics. The the White House continues to use Bidenomics and defend the strategy of Bidenomics. Has there been any indication that it is a winning strategy? Well, Jason, Jared Bernstein, the president's economic advisor, chief economic advisor, was on with Shannon Bream on Fox News Sunday, and, and they want to talk about uh, inflation and how, in the president's words and his economic advisor, that inflation has gone down. But as all of our listeners know, when you go to the grocery store and you go to the gas pump, the prices are still high. Everybody feels it every day. Uh, and that is because core inflation actually does not measure food 
or energy, which is a problem. So when the administration looks at the inflation data and the consumer price index, and it goes from 9% growth year-over-year last year to 3% increase year-over-year, President Biden recently says inflation is going down. However, economists and all of our listeners know that inflation is not going down, just the rate of increase mm-hmm. is slowing. These high prices seem to be locked in, and that's shown in food prices, which were up 20 percent. It's up in fuel, which is now at a 10-month high, uh, certainly much higher than when President Biden took office. So what's really disheartening uh, for Americans is that people feel trapped. The average American family spent over $700 in July for the same goods and services they spent uh, for two, just two years ago. Yep. And that's one month. Extrapolate that over a year with these current trends. You're talking about $8,000 a year Americans are spending. And that is why the president gets such poor marks when it comes to his handling of the economy. And certainly when uh, pollsters mentioned Bidenomics, people just don't see it. Don't see it helping. Yeah, and there's always a, a reminder of the situation. Every time you fill up your gas tank, you're reminded of the cost. Every, this week, everyone who's got kids going back to school, just back to school shopping, is more expensive now than it was in previous years. And to hear the president or the White House, the talking heads claim that all is well, the economy is strong. The economy might be strong on paper, but if people aren't feeling it, then it's not strong. It doesn't matter. Right. And then Jared Bernstein was saying, you know, wages are up and wages are gaining on inflation. (laughs) However, uh, that's just not what people feel. And Almost like batting average or baseball statistics or really any sports statistics or any statistics, frankly, at all. You know, it's, it's easy to parse. Uh, a 300 hitter who goes over his last 20, you know, that, that's not a good uh, short-term average, even though he's a 300 hitter. Guys like Jared Bernstein are trying to say, oh, see, the wages are going up. They're finally uh, rising above inflation. But when you look at the last two, three, four, five years, that's just not what people feel. And when you look at the amount of credit card debt that Americans have, it's now over a trillion dollars. It certainly appears that uh, in order to make ends meet, people are turning to the credit card, yep. uh, you know, car payments, car loans. Let's talk about interest rates. Mortgage rates are the highest they've been in 23 years. And again, th- these are not new concepts for people. People feel this every single day. So when they're being told things are getting better, they're just not feeling it. You mentioned fuel. I mean, just $58 the other day to, to put gas in a car here in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, it's even worse uh, out west where you are. Um, people, this is just eating the bottom line. It's costing a lot of money, and more and more people are using their credit cards. And that's why these debts are up. Yep. Uh, so significantly. And that's not a good sign. Some economists think this is the next bubble to burst. Yeah, 61 percent, according to Fortune magazine, a new survey they put out, living paycheck to paycheck. You've got, uh, I think it was bank rate telling people, telling us the majority of people on back to school shopping, they're financing it. And I'm just looking at the gas prices. Virginia, you're at three dollars and 58 cents on average here in Washington, 508. So uh, a lot of folks are wishing, at least for the moment, to be in Virginia, at least getting your gas prices. At, at the same time, I think it's obviously, uh, according to the poll, uh, polling, clearly hurting Joe Biden. There's a new poll out, Suffolk University and USA Today. They talked to 
unlikely voters and said, hey, if you were actually to vote, you're not likely to vote. But if you were, who would you go with? And horrible news for Joe Biden. He's getting just thumped by Donald Trump. But horrible news for both of them. They're both getting thumped by uh, undecided uh, third party person I'll vote for. I'm not going to vote anyone but you both. So where where would you put this race as it is right now, assuming it's Joe Biden versus Donald Trump? Right now, it's neck and neck, according to the Wall Street Journal poll, according to a recent New York Times poll. Uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden are neck and neck. Now, back to that poll you referenced, you know, about 30 percent of this country wants somebody else. That's not Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. That has never been seen before in this country's history. Uh, Now, of course, when you start talking about third party before people get too excited, uh, it does not usually bode well, not only for the person running for a third party, but for whomever uh, that candidate takes votes away. I mean, let's look uh, at, you know, the last election. You had Jill Stein taking votes away from Hillary Clinton back in 2016. In 2000, uh, some people think uh, George Bush won because of Ralph Nader, Nader. you know, think of Florida, you know, look at uh, George H.W. Bush Mm -hmm. losing to Bill Clinton. It was Ross Perot, a very powerful third party candidate. But who did Perot take votes away from primarily? It was George H.W. Bush. And after the Gulf War in 1991, George H.W. Bush had an 89 percent approval rating that has. And then he lost a year later. Mm hmm. I mean, that's how quickly things can change. And in this case, with the economy not in good shape right now, certainly by the measurements we just uh, threw out, they're also called real life. uh, It's not boding well for President Biden and and certainly not, uh, you know, going into the the, the election year. Now, it's, it's a long year. Things can happen. But, of course, things can always get worse. Lucas Tomlinson joining me on the line, Fox News correspondent. Let's just quickly switch gears to Mitch McConnell. He had his second public freeze up. Two letters now from one his his doctor, but also one from the Capitol physician, both saying there's nothing here, uh, or at least they're they're dismissing claims that he suffered some kind of seizure, uh, anything serious, but doesn't exactly tell us what happened. They just tell us what didn't happen. I don't know anyone who buys that. It just it's it's the same thing with Joe Biden. We we can see whether or not someone is too old for a position. Today, the the majority leader, minority leader said he's not stepping down. He's going to continue to do this. Even but even his speech yesterday, the first one that we've seen publicly since this incident, it, it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. I mean, as you mentioned, this is what people can see. Uh, he- First of all, whenever somebody says your name and freeze in the same sentence, that's not good. It's not good at all. And every major newspaper, every media outlet was talking about this second freeze from uh, Senator McConnell, who's the longest running, you know, uh, leader in Senate history. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the man is 81 years old and, and, you know, Mick Jagger's 80. So, I mean, certainly it's not just the number. It's it's, you know, how you conduct your business your your health but it's it's not a good sign of course people are looking at diane feinstein people are looking at uh congress people are calling it a you know we heard from nikki haley recently calling it a, like a you know old folks home geriatrics home uh it's, it's not a good sign but of course you talk about congress 
you're talking about seniority and, you know, freshman congressmen, freshman senators don't become chairman uh, immediately. It's it's a system based on seniority. And that is one of the reasons uh, we're here where we are. People have worked their way uh, to these positions of chairmanships of very powerful committees uh, that dole out billions and billions of dollars in, in cash. And it's very difficult uh, to, you know, break I think it says something about just power. People are reluctant to give up power. Uh, We've seen it, you know, well, from from the beginning. In fact, and that what made George Washington so unique was the fact that he Mm -hmm. actually stepped down after two terms. Uh, You know, it it took all the way to FDR. But I did not digress too much. But back to Mitch McConnell. But people get worried when they see a a man just freeze. Staffer has to come over repeat a question and it was it was a kind of an awkward few cent- seconds there when he just was not moving not even blinking an eyelid yeah he had a look of terror on his face that's how at least that's how i i read it and sure uh, you know i, I like the, the guy time, yeah seems in recent weeks exactly and the only thing that i think is you know favoring this story or at least this narrative from spreading too much is that I think left-wing outlets don't want to talk about this too much because it'll remind people about Joe Biden. And I don't think they sure. want to have that conversation. So that's the one and, thing that's and, maybe helping. And at the White House the other day, uh, you know, Joe Biden, he might have been uh, at the beach, if I forget where he was. But at the White House the other day, Joe Biden was asked about Mitch McConnell. And certainly he was put in that awkward mm-hmm. situation where he can't criticize exactly. Mitch McConnell. He has to say, I spoke to him on the phone. He seemed like his old self all as well. And so it, that's interesting, Jason. It's a, it's a little dance both parties are doing for sure. Yeah, it's possible he didn't remember the phone call he had with uh, Mitch. Uh, we've been talking with Lucas Tomlinson from Fox News. Thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. Of course. Always a pleasure, Jason. Thank always a you. pleasure. You are listening to The Jason Rancho. When we come back, we'll dive into some quick hits. The Jason Rant Show. Let's bring in our man in the Pacific Northwest, KTTH, Seattle top radio host Jason Rantz. Great to have you with us to tell people a little bit more about this. Jason Rantz is in focus now. Jason Rantz, thank you for your reporting on that. The Quick Hit. Mike Carter is a reporter with the Seattle Times who doesn't like police. And normally, okay, people are anti-cop in Seattle. I'm not shocked by this. The problem, however, is that Mike Carter covers police and policing issues for the Seattle Times. Thus, it's rather concerning from a news perspective, a news consumer perspective. And unironically, he wrote a puff piece about Tamar Abuzid, who is someone who doesn't like police. And, you know, it is Seattle. Some people don't like police. But this is a guy who's the director of a civilian police oversight agency, the Office of Law Enforcement Oversight, OLEO. Now, I've talked about Tamar Abuzid in the past several times. In fact, I was the one who broke stories concerning his very hateful conduct on his Twitter account. It was Twitter back then. And he ended up having to erase thousands of tweets, thousands of tweets, After he put his account on private when I exposed the fact that he was just openly tweeting anti-police and frankly anti-Semitic vile rhetoric for months and months and months. And in this 
article that Mike Carter wrote, let's not even call it an article. Let's call it what it is. It's a puff piece. It is an absolute puff piece. And it makes sense that someone like Mike Carter would want to support someone like Tamar Abuzid. It is a long puff piece. It praises him almost the entire time. But my reporting is what caught Mike Carter's attention. The reporting I just referenced. I broke the story a couple months ago, maybe even three, four months ago, of those tweets and of the council, King County Council, that chose to completely ignore it and defend it. And they got away with it because the media didn't want to cover the story that I covered. They just weren't interested. And what was ironic is that these are comments he made that are indefensible. So here's just an example without having to rehash all of the details. He put out an official statement from Olio on the Twitter feed explaining to his colleagues that, quote, we work within a system that many of us, myself included, believe should be dismantled. He said that the system, quote, cannot be reformed. He said it must, quote, be brought down by the power of the people. Now, beyond this, he's someone who seems to think because he paints with such broad strokes that all cops are apparently racist, that they're part of a racist system, blah, 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 blah. The the usual nonsense you get from the anti-cop crowd in Seattle and greater King County. Now, it's those positions on police and policing that is likely why Carter wrote this defense in this puff piece of him. That's what he does. He goes after cops and defends the people who goes after them. But towards the end of this article, and I appreciate someone flagging this for me because I didn't even make it that far down. He made reference to one of my reports. He said on uh, conservative talk radio, KTTH host Jason Rance vilified Abu Zid as a, quote, radical anti-police activist. Rance has also accused him of anti-Semitism for posts critical of Israel's occupation of the West Bank and oppression of Palestinians. Oh, God. Allegations denied by Abu Zid and dismissed by his bosses on the council. Then they, he quotes Abu Zid, It's easy to make that accusation because I'm a Muslim, but it's lazy. So, of course, this is blatant anti-Semitism in its laziest form. On the one hand, you've got Abu Zid, who's just a rotten human being who doesn't like Jews. I think anyone reasonable, who, who especially who's Jewish, who looks at his Twitter feed would come to that conclusion. Now, of course, he deleted a lot of what he tweeted, all of what he tweeted over the course of several months, but I screenshot a bunch of it for my reporting. And as a Jew, I look at this and I say, yeah, this is a guy who doesn't like me because I'm Jewish. So, Shame on him, of course, for weaponizing his Muslim identity as if he's somehow the victim. He's going after the Jew. And by the way, it's not I'm not the only Jew in which he's pulled this lazy smear that Mike Carter, because he's a lazy activist journalist, allows to go unchecked. He just allows it. He doesn't he he points out he allows Abuzi to point out that he's Muslim, does not point out that I'm a Jew. Does not point out that I am a Jew, which is kind of interesting, right? I mean, even the way that Mike Carter frames the criticism, 
he frames it as Abu Zid being critical of this supposed oppression of Palestinians. Except there's not oppression of Palestinians coming from the Jews in Israel. That is what smear merchants and anti-Semites will accuse Israel of doing because they do not believe in Israel's right to exist. But just think about it from this position. Abu Zid being Muslim is somehow relevant, but me being Jewish is not. When discussing anti-Semitism, good luck finding Mike Carter or anyone in the Seattle Times dismissing criticisms from black people when they accuse someone of racism or a trans person who calls something transphobic or a woman who calls out what she believes to be sexist. They would never dismiss those criticisms. They would frame it in their favor. But Jews to progressives and to anti-Semites are simply privileged white people. We are not given the same benefit in the Seattle Times that some, than someone who is Muslim, especially when that Muslim happens to be anti-cop and anti-Semitic in a puff piece written by someone who's anti-cop and maybe even anti-Semitic. In fairness, I don't know, but I would question whether or not someone is bigoted based upon their choosing to frame stories in such an anti-Semitic way. Now, he could just be ignorant of the issues. Many people are, regardless of their political positions. And I obviously have a bias, as I presume Abu Zid would acknowledge. He's got a bias. But you would think that they would point that out. And of course, what Mike Carter intentionally leaves out was that Abu Zid defended terrorists who murdered Jews who spread verifiably false stories blaming Jews for murder from propaganda accounts for Hamas that exist on Twitter. And of course, he he warned Jews that, quote, when another intifada begins, don't come at me with your bull bleep. Somehow that escaped the reporting. But otherwise, it was an amazing uh, report, and I recommend everyone check it out. It's, It's just brilliant. 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages. You are listening to The Jason Rancho.